0: Good afternoon. Good evening, hockey fans. Whatever time of day it is that you're continuing to listen to our podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. I am your host, Amy Johnson, joined, of course, every week by my fantastic co host, the founder of Rocket Sports Media and the editor in chief of all of our website brands, Mr. Rick Stevens, wishing you a spooky day before Halloween. Hello.
1: Well, hello to you, too, on this, um, it's a chilly, cloudy, four-degree day in Montreal. Um,
0: nice.
1: Hoping, yeah, it's hockey weather. I'm hoping that you're having a better day where you are, wherever you are.
0: Uh, and for me, here in eastern Pennsylvania, it's a nice, brisk fall day. It's, I'm going to switch over to Fahrenheit and tell you that it's in the mid to upper 50s and sunny here today. So it's a it's a nice fall day here. And I'm proud Mm. to say that we haven't had any snow yet. Thank you very much. As opposed to you people north of the border.
1: There has been the white stuff spotted here prior to Halloween. It's ludicrous.
0: It's crazy. And it's the day before Halloween, though. As, of course, I find out today that uh, my local township, uh, apparently had Halloween trick-or-treating already last weekend because, I don't know, I live in a place that thinks Halloween happens a week before Halloween actually happens. I don't know. So, bah humbug on my local people, no trick-or-treating for the local, at not, no trick-or-treating at, at, at this house for the local kiddos in the neighborhood. So, Do you, do you have a gate night there? Gate Night?
1: Gate Night is we October have, 30th, October 30th, the night before Halloween.
0: We call it Mischief Night here.
1: Huh. Well, actually, uh, where I grew up in Thunder Bay, they they had Gate Night, had Gate Night in Winnipeg and, and certainly West. They don't think every night is Gate Night here, but um, <laughs> more or less. Yeah, it's uh, the night before Halloween, Gate Night, Thunder Bay. Winnipeg, it's it's mischief night. You said you call it. It's the pull yeah, it pranks night. to toilet paper houses to yeah set small fires. Whatever it, whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> For, uh, law enforcement and uh, like my brother, um, a paramedic.
0: Nice. Well, hopefully he he and all the rest of, of his colleagues out there uh, have an uneventful evening tonight. Behave. Okay, take. I just looked it up.
1: You, you know how I hate all things Boston?
0: Oh god. And it yeah. was
1: great to have that three nothing. Yeah, the carry price shout out. Beautiful. But yeah. um, <laughs> gate night. Gate night in Boston is called cabbage night. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. why is that I, I don't why do it, I it,
0: feel like it, that's quite appropriate? Can yeah, I throw I so. cabbages at people in like they've got enough corned beef and cabbage in very Irish Boston that they just got so much extra they can just toss it around cabbage night, mhm, I guess well we uh we do have it's it's not cabbage night here, it is mischief night, but uh we will behave ourselves today here on from the press box, at least we'll try to you know. Um, and, uh, we'll see what, uh, what we can get into here, Rick. We have a, we have a packed show again for folks today. Uh, Of course, we want to talk about how the Laval Rocket and the Lehigh Valley Phantoms both performed over the weekend. Um, Laval was on the road last week and the Phantoms were on the road last week as well. So we'll talk about how, how those games went down. We have some roster updates for both teams as far as, uh, call-ups and moves and things like that as well as an injury update Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the state of things with Nikita Sherback um, in Montreal it's a it's a topic that we've discussed here and there actually throughout this season so far um, and and now it's it's something that's getting uh, a little bit of attention in Montreal and we're gonna we're gonna break that down for people. That's all in segment one. In our second segment, of course, uh, we're going to let you know about the AHL's Player of the Week before we get into our winners and losers this week. And we've got some, I think we've got some good winners and losers this week, Rick. I think that's going to be a fun segment this week for sure. But let me tell you, folks grab the popcorn, grab a beverage, settle Uh in, strap in, because segment three, segment three, gives you the return of the one and only Where Are They Now? Is it back? It's back! I've been
1: waiting all season for Where Are They Now?
0: So have our listeners. And so, you ask, we answer. Rick will have... Uh, a where are they now segment for you coming up towards the end of the show. So you're not going to want to miss that always entertaining stories, something interesting. He's always got these really good nuggets of information about people that uh, we've come to know and love in the past, whether they're players, whether they're coaches with staff members from former teams that we've covered. So it'll be interesting to see what the debut uh, feature of where are they now for this season has in store for us before we wrap things up and talk about the week ahead and, and what you can expect to get from us this week at the rocket sports media websites
1: and all that on national candy corn day. Oh, stop
0: huh. it. Stop it. Okay. You honestly, long time listener, former teammate Kathy K just either spit out her food or her drink on the bus or wherever she's commuting and listening to this right now because she knows how much I despise candy corn. It is the candy evil corn. of all Halloween candies. National Candy Corn Day. Well, they can take it and put it right in the National Garbage Day because that's exactly what it tastes like. And anyone, you know- anyone who gives out candy corn for trick-or-treating... Should just that should not be made public so you that remember your them house on gets, gate night, is that, is yes. That that your house should get toilet papered on mischief night, on cabin well,
1: night. Do you know? Do you, have you ever looked at the recipe for um, the original recipe is made by the one one deer of candy candy company and it's been around since the late 1800s? But do you know what it's made from? Probably don't because Pro- you don't like it, probably.
0: Sh- Sugar and tadpoles and raw sewage. I don't know. It tastes disgusting.
1: Okay, it, it's made with made by hand originally, not anymore. But it's still they still use the same ingredients: corn syrup, sugar, water, marshmallows. I don't like mar- marshmallows, fondant, whatever that is. Fondant and the last is, ingredient, is, yeah, what's, okay. what's fondant?
0: Fondant is like you know when you see like wedding cakes that, that the frosting looks fake because fake? it's it looks like satin that's it's fondant. Like it's it's, on there for a year. Yeah. Yeah, like it it's really smooth and flat and it looks like it's it's basically like a I don't know like a flowery kind of candy thing that's very flexible and bendy and it doesn't taste very good. Well, the last ingredient
1: is um in addition to the corn syrup, sugar, water, marshmallows, fondant. Is carnauba wax nice? Yeah, to give it that So that, I that could gloss, just melt them shiny, down that, that, and I you know. could
0: wax my car with it.
1: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, my grandfather used to in Thunder Bay used to take his car to the supersonic car wash on Memorial Avenue in Thunder Bay because they had the carnauba wax. Um, so you get that in your candy
0: corn. So this is kind of like a chicken and the egg question, which came first, carnauba wax or candy corn?
1: (laughs) That's so like, did, did
0: (laughs) did someone have an abundance of carnauba wax and say, you know, this would be really good in a, in an edible candy form. Or did someone have so much God awful atrocious candy corn? They said, let's just melt this down and do something with it and realized, Hey, um, You know, we could wax cars with this. You need to
1: polish it up make it look good. Shiny. It's disgusting. (laughs) Just (laughs) gross. National Candy Corn Day. Hey, but on Friday, I wanted to let people know that it is National Jersey Day. So your favorite jersey, whatever league, whatever team, wear your jersey. If your office place allows. National Jersey Day on Friday or... Um, if you're not, you don't want to participate in National Jersey Day. It's also National Deviled Eggs Day, so take your pick there. But I, I would go with <laughs> the National Jersey, Jersey.
0: Okay, I like a good deviled egg, but that's like a summer picnic food item. Not November second. That's odd. Um, yeah, Jersey Day I like. Candy Corn Day I don't. Mars Halloween, I will say that my favorite, uh, if you're going to give out anything for Halloween, give away full-size Reese's Peanut Butter Cups or Snickers. Um, And as always, I I will gladly give you my post office box number if anyone wants to just send copious amounts of Reese's Peanut Butter Cups directly to the Rocket Sports Administrative Offices.
1: Along with the Tim Hortons uh, hockey cards
0: yeah I, uh, our listeners are, are slacking. I have yet to receive any Tim Horton's hockey cards here in the United States, so um, I'm keeping track. I'm, I'm watching all of you. I really am. I'm going to remember this.: See, but you, you remember
1: some as we begin
0: the show? That's right. That's right. Well, speaking of remembering things, I can guarantee that um, the Laval rocket is probably not going to want to remember the road trip that they just got back up (laughs) from. Yay. No, it's really not that good. Um, Let's do a little flashback to the, to last week's show where we talked about how the week prior Uh, Joel Bouchard on Tuesday afternoon that week uh, got very frustrated during practice, shut down practice early, didn't like the effort that he was seeing from the team during practice. Then the next night they had a home game, which they won handily, looked great. And as we had said, okay, so the test now will be the Friday-Saturday game because they've been alternating wins and losses all year long. Let's see if they can sustain that. This week, And of course, as we spoke about last week, Friday-Saturday came and they end up, ended up dropping both of those games at home before they went out on the road. Not great. So they go out on the road. They go to Toronto on Tuesday. The defending Calder Cup champions, yes, however, suffering massive goaltending issues. And, needless to say, uh, they lost that one 2-1. to one. And then they went, they had a few days off, traveled to Rochester to play the Rochester Americans, who are very good this year. Got the three top uh, scoring players in the AHL right now on the Rochester Americans. We'll get into more detail in a minute. And they dropped that one as well. So they are now on, Rick, a four-game losing streak.
1: Um,
0: Yeah, they are, I believe, 3-6-0-1 on the season, not stellar. They have dropped down to, I believe, um, I want to say sixth or seventh. Uh, Overall in the division standings Um, Let's see here They are 7th in in the North Division Uh, Only Syracuse Crunch Only the Syracuse Crunch Are are lower than them in the standings right now Um, Yeah, it's 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 not looked good They have three games at home this week They play Belleville tomorrow night They host Belleville tomorrow night And then uh, the Utica Comets Come in for two games this weekend, and Utica is sitting just a point above them in the divisional standings. So, not an impressive showing this past weekend, Rick. And it,
1: it, um, you know, there, there are certain things that that mirror the um, certain characteristics that that mirror the big club, the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, we we talked about that in previous weeks, certainly last week about. Uh, an abundance of shots um, and having outshot at that point, uh, all of their opponents, uh, but still running into losses. Also um, uh, them um, kind of coming out of the gate quickly and then kind of fading as the game goes on. The Montreal Canadiens are worst in the NHL as far as third period goals uh, go. And um, we saw with uh, the game against Rochester, um, that Rochester scored, um, three times in, in the third, uh, to take that game three to two. Um, so, uh, um, you know, there's, there's, we, we talked about them riding an emotion, but you can only ride an emotion so long, so many games in a row. And, and, uh, that emotion can, can, um, you know, happen in the, the games themselves where, where you can ride it at the beginning of the game and then, um, and then run out of gas at the end. Um, So I, I think that, that, um, you know, there's gotta be, there's gotta be more to this team than emotion there. The the, the special teams have been an issue. Um, And uh, it's, it's, it's going to be a struggle until they, they, they get their, their, systems down their their special teams down uh and their their lineup down
0: the penalty kill has been decent thankfully and i say thankfully because they're taking entirely too many penalties um in fact saturday's game against rochester they alone took had seven different infractions the the game in total had had 20 penalties um but in that game, it's the power play that's really, really struggling. I believe uh, right now Laval is, I think, sitting around 29th in the league for the power play. And, and in that game on Saturday night, Saturday night against Rochester, they had 12, count them, 12 power play opportunities. They converted two of them. And sadly, that was that's actually like a positive thing to say, oh, hey, they got two power play goals on Saturday night. They had 12 chances at it, but they managed to get two. Those happened to be the only two goals that they scored uh, all evening. Um, so yes, as you say, uh, special teams needs a lot of work. They need to stop taking so many penalties. Uh, you know, they had four penalties in Toronto, um, and they had three power play opportunities in Toronto. They didn't convert any of them. Um, lots of things. Lots of things for them to work on. Um, one. Positive thing I should I should mention was that in the game against Toronto, uh, they lost that one 2-1. to one. The only goal that was scored was scored by Kale Fleury, and that was his first pro goal. So congratulations to him on on getting uh, that out of the way relatively early in the season, getting his first goal. Um, he seemed to be pretty pretty pleased about that. But again, Rick, as you say, they're out-shooting their opponents again. Um, they still out sho- outshot their opponent in both of those games, and lost. Um, they, they outshot Rochester 39 to 25 and lost 3 to 2. And, you know, it's just, as you say, they have to be more than emotion. Um, lines are getting juggled around again a bit. Um, people moving up, down, and, and sideways, coming in and out of the lineup, I guess, until Joel Bouchard finds the combination that works. Um, interestingly enough both of the teams that they played last week had um, notable former players on the opposition and in both occasions rick those former players had a significant impact in the game on tuesday night uh, that game actually did go to overtime. Uh, both both teams scored a goal in the third period and forced overtime. And with about 45 seconds left in the overtime period, it was none other than Adam Cracknell who fired home the game winner for Toronto. Um, and he looked pretty pleased about it, <laughs> to say the least, uh, when it happened on Saturday night in Rochester. Both Zach Redmond, who I know you've you Rick have have sung his praises quite heartily so far this season he continues to excel Um, he uh, had a goal in this game as well but Yannick Veya is actually also on the Rochester roster Uh, he's only played three games up until Saturday um, this season but the coach did slot him in for Saturday's game against Laval and sure enough he was on the ice uh, didn't get an assist, but he was on the ice for Zach Redmond's goal, and then Veya ended up scoring the his first goal of the season against the Laval Rocket, and it ended up being the game winner. <laughs> so, wow, yeah, which I, 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 he looked thrilled, and I was thrilled for him, and and hopefully that helps him maybe stay in the lineup uh, a little longer there in in Rochester and, and in true Yannick Veya fashion he was delivering some pretty punishing hits every every chance he could uh in all of his checks along the board. So um interesting to see former players who who did well for you know both the St. John's Ice Caps and or the Laval Rocket in past years uh, making an impact in victories against the Laval Rocket this past week.
1: Well as you said I spoke about um Spoke about Ad, Adam Cracknell and and um, and the, that the aspect of of his goal production and his leadership missing currently from uh, the Laval lineup. Spoken about Zach Redmond before, but uh, Yannick Veilleux was um, he's a great team guy. It was one one of uh, my favorites to watch. Um, I'll never forget. Uh, very aggressive on the forecheck. Um, uh, tough, really tough forward to play against and I I remember uh head coach Sylvain Lefebvre saying that Yannick Guilleux was uh, the kind of forward uh that he hated to play against when when he was a defenseman in the NHL because uh hits to hurt um and uh his yeah his you know there's there's the Maxime Lapierre type of body checks where you go in uh, with all your limbs against the glass to make noise, um, <laughs> or there's the Yannick Veau type of body check that will just uh, that just hit with a thud and and uh, leaves leaves a dent. Um, yeah, good to see him in the in the Rochester lineup, and and uh, uh, yeah, he's 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 another player who's uh, missed as well.
0: We'll make note that um, you know the one thing that has been consistent. Charlie Lindgren has, has been his, his good consistent self in the crease. Um, he did have, there was a goal on Saturday against Rochester that he would probably like to have back. It was a shorthanded goal that, um, he played the puck behind the net, uh, and it just didn't go well. Um, aside from that Lindgren has looked very good. In fact, he was the third star in the, in the Toronto game. Um, so Lindgren, the goaltending has not been has not been the issue. Um, in two games, Laval scored two goals, and that's just not going to win games for you. So something needs to happen. Chemistry has to be found one way or another uh, for this team to start being an offensive threat. Uh, as we've said before, they got rid of. Some pretty big goal scorers on this team, uh, and and as yet have not replaced them. Um, so I think that's going to be the big test this week to see if they can start scoring, and stay out of the penalty box, and and get the power plate clicking. We um, have Valley, on the other hand, Rick. Uh, they were also on the road for three games last week. They won seven to three in Hartford. Uh, so they they're not having any trouble scoring whatsoever. Um, they also beat Binghamton five to two. And then we were on hand in Hershey on Sunday for a, an evening game in Hershey. Uh, they did lose that one three to one. Um, and when we spoke to, to coach Scott Gordon after the game, he he mentioned that it was probably one of the worst performances, uh, if not the worst performance that he has seen the team play in this young season. Uh, and And I would agree. They looked, they looked pretty disorganized out there. Yeah, they did,
1: um, and they, uh, you know, the coach uh, mentioned the the, the schedule uh, that they had, the number of games over over ten days that they had, six games in ten, I, I believe. Yeah, six
0: games in ten days. Um, yeah,
1: and um, and uh, they they just uh, they simply didn't have it. Hershey was coming off a shootout win uh, the night before. They seemed pretty pumped. Um, and, um, you know, it all started uh, very early, uh, for Hershey, they scored just a minute just over a minute in, um, and, uh, on, um, on a deflection that, um, made its way past Alex Lyon and, and, uh, it, it just didn't go well from, from there. Um, the positive part of that game, I guess, was, uh, um, Connor Bunneman getting his, his, uh, first pro goal and and uh, was pretty excited about that.
0: He was. Uh, we, uh, we spoke with him. Uh, in fact, if you go over to uh, the AHL Report website, you can see a video of both um, our interview with Coach Scott Gordon and an exclusive interview, uh, a one-on-one interview with Connor Bunneman. Uh, about getting his first pro goal and after spending uh, a few years with the Kitchener Rangers having a pretty banner year there as captain uh, and and pretty high on the goal scoring there last year, talked about what he has taken from his time in the OHL and and the Kitchener Rangers and how he's applying that now to the AHL. Um, So be sure you go and and watch that. It's a a great video. You can find that on the AHL report website. Um, But yes, uh, great, uh, great, highlight moment in that game. Um, and in fact, we've, we've talked a little bit about this, as we've said that, you know, Lehigh have isn't having much trouble finding the back of the net. In fact, uh, veteran defenseman, TJ Brennan, um, at least the other day, he was currently, uh, let's see if he still is. Yes. He is still um, in eighth place overall for the scoring race in the AHL. He's got four goals and eight assists in nine games. Um so pretty impressive there. And Greg Carey, uh, left winger, Greg Carey is not far behind him at 12th place with five goals and six assists uh, in nine games. So Lehigh Valley has a couple of guys uh, right around the top 10 in, in scoring for the league. So uh, they're finding offense. In- yes, you're right. Phil Ver- Sorry, Phil Verone is is third overall. Um, he is tied for second place with Zach Redmond. Actually, he's got three goals and 11 assists for 14 points in nine games. Um so not having any trouble there. In fact, uh, when they played Binghamton on Friday night, they won that one 5-2. They had goals from five different scorers. Uh, Phil, Philippe Myers is is really coming into his own this year. Um, we we had mentioned that he could have possibly contended for a spot with the Flyers, but but ultimately he did end up getting cut from training camp. But he is certainly making his mark uh, in that game against Binghamton. He had a goal and two assists and was plus four on the night. Um, So really impressive work by Philippe Myers he continues uh, and and in fact there's a there's an article on the AHL website this week uh, with uh, about coach Scott Gordon and he speaks very highly of Philippe Myers and and his upside and and the potential that 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 young man holds um, as he goes forward so one to watch for sure you
1: mentioned his plus minus uh the the uh, plus four in 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 the game uh, that that bumped him to a plus 10 on the season that's um, incredible and in f- he's he's fifth let me see fifth overall right now uh in that category just just uh, out of random stats uh, the player who leads that category leads the plus minus right now in the AHL is yeah. Dan Carr at, at plus 13 um, Go Dan Carr. Yeah. Nine games. He has three goals, nine assists for 12 points and a plus 13. Um, so nicely done Dan I, Carr.
0: Good for him. And I would bet, you know, uh, Vegas is having a, a little bit of a sophomore slump this year. I would bet uh dimes of dollars that Dan Carr sees a call up uh, at some point uh, because the kind of energy that he can inject into a lineup, uh, and with statistics like that, he certainly deserves another shot at the show.
1: Do you want another random stat and plus minus? Sure. Philip Zadina is minus nine for Grand Rapids. Eee. Yeah, just just a random stat, but but it matches Peter Holland in Hartford. They're both minus nine.
0: All right. Names we know, you know. Names we know. The more you know. Uh, speaking of rosters, uh, we should give you a quick uh, update. Um, both both of these teams did have some movement since the last time we all were here last Tuesday. Uh, for the Flyers, or for the Phantoms, since we're speaking about them, um, Mikhail Baroviev was actually sent down from the Flyers on Sunday morning, uh, so he slotted right into the lineup for the Phantoms. Uh, On Sunday evening, um, the Flyers themselves are going through a bit of a slump right now. They're having a little trouble uh, getting, unlike their AHL club, they're having a little trouble getting on the uh, scoreboard and and finding chemistry. So they called up Tyrell Goldborn and Nicholas Albe-Kubel got his first uh, call up. Um, So... Very excited uh, there for him. Tyrell has been has been called up before, so this is a, a new opportunity for him to make an impact. Uh, as the Flyers head out to Anaheim for a Western Conference game to, tonight, actually, so uh, we'll be interesting to see if Goulburn and Albe Kubel are used in the lineup. I imagine that they will be. Um, for Laval, there's been all sorts of man the 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 busts or the charter flight or whatever between the Maine Mariners and Laval is apparently going to be quite busy this season. Uh, we talked last week about how a number of, of guys have been sent down to the Maine Mariners. Well, Antoine Wakeid and Pizetta have both now been called back up again. Hayden Verbeek was just sent down to Maine Mariners today. Um, and news came out this week that Olufsen, Hey, you know that guy Olufsen who uh, had an injury when he was traded for well he's injured again uh, and unfortunately injured enough that he needed to undergo shoulder surgery uh, last week and or early this week and is projected to be out for about six months uh, and so as a result, a PTO has been signed um, Sprol has been signed uh, most likely as a replacement for Mr. Olufsen.
1: His third season-ending uh, surgery. Uh, that trade, my goodness, Will Bitten. Don't uh, yeah. say anymore. Yeah. Don't yeah. say anymore.
0: No, we didn't like the trade when it happened. Don't like it even more now. <laughs> uh, so, unfortunate, unfortunate news there. Rick, the other unfortunate news that I, I hate that we're having to talk about, but. We have to talk about it. Uh, we we have had our concerns ever since training camp and ever since it looked like um, Nikita Sherbeck was going to, to make the Montreal Canadiens opening day roster. Our concerns were always, okay, well, but how are they going to use him? Um, we didn't want to see him just make the roster and get shoved in the press box. Um, and that, you know, it's kind of a... You know, didn't mean that literally, but that has actually been what has happened. Nikita Sherbeck has, and, and we're going to, yes, this is Montreal Canadiens NHL talk, but this is more in the realms of of, of our purview in development of, of young prospects and players. Nikita Sherbeck has not yet played a game in the regular season for the Montreal Canadiens. He has been sitting in the press box for a month. Um, and everyone has started to say, you know, oh, well, where's Sherback? And okay, well, Delorier has been out and where's Sherback? And then Houdon goes out or Shaw goes out and but where's Sherback? Um, and you know, Pekka will draw in, Houdon will draw in, Shaw will draw in, Delorier's back now, still no Nikita Sherback. Um, and this actually just yesterday after, um, after practice, Chantal Maccabee uh, did a quick interview uh, with Nikita Sherbach that aired on RDS. And I, I'm guessing that the first part of her question was, um, you know, you haven't played a game yet. is the amount of practice that you're getting equal to the experience that you would be getting if you were being played in a game? And here's what Nikita had to say in response to that.
1: Game is a completely different uh, situation, completely different, uh, you know, style of uh, style of hockey than practice. Practice, you can you can practice uh, for a thousand times and, you know, you, you can not practice like a game stuff situation. So it's different. And obviously, I think it uh, brings the confidence uh, a little bit down when you're not playing. But uh, like I said earlier, you know, I want to be positive. I don't want to bring, uh, you know, anything bad with attitude because team is doing great and, uh, you know, it's always uh it's always fun to be a part of a successful team so
0: so you heard rick you heard nikita sherbak say there that you could you could practice a thousand times but nothing compares to the experience that you get in playing a game and so he he says and you can see it in his face he says yeah it you know brings your confidence down a little bit not playing but but i'm trying to just you know stay positive and and i don't want to be a downer around the team because the team's doing well right now. And I I, I want to, you know, it's fun being a part of a positive team environment. And, and so you can tell that he's trying really hard to be positive and believe what he's saying. And, but you can just see in his face, just how dejected he is that, that he's not getting any playing time.
1: Yeah. And I think that's the difference between uh, reading, reading the words, like you, you can read the words, um in a transcript from you know have his quotes um and try to make sense of those um you can see him um you can even watch the video but i think the experience of having interviewed uh him dozens of times and talked to him dozens of times we know when nikita sherback is uh down we know when he's he's uh you know, happy and engaged and and uh, into it. And and in this, he said all of the right things. He mm-hmm. said uh, that he's trying to stay positive. He he um, he said it's fun to be part of a winning team. But but as you said, his eyes, his tone, um, and and the fact that he's trying so hard. Um, and and even he kind of minimized that. Well, my confidence is down uh, a little bit. Uh, but it's down a lot, um, you, tell, you know, and yeah. that yeah. is is really uh, that's sad. It's really sad. And, and you know, I've, I've tried to hammer home because lots of people talk about uh, the draft and that being the only thing that that uh, draft position affects the success of prospects or some people talk about the development. But very few people talk about the tr- transition, the transition to right. the NHL. And that is, that is uh, the sole responsibility of the uh, NHL coaching staff. And for the Canadians, they've had two terrible coaches in Julian and Terrian who, with respect to, to um, uh, um, facilitating the transition for, for young prospects, that's where the Canadians break down every single time, and it's happening again with Nikita Sherbeck
0: and it's doing a you know not to mention the disservice it's doing to nikita sherbeck it's doing a disservice to the team as well because you have a first round draft pick who is talented has upside has found success at different levels of his of his hockey playing and you've stagnated him now and you've this is a player who who admittedly coaches have told us in the past you know confidence is a big deal for this player nikita you know you can you can see on the ice when he's not playing with confidence when he is when he is playing with confidence he looks like a completely different player and for him right now to be in a position where he's obviously not feeling confident whatsoever um Imagine at this point, I mean, I want nothing more than to see Nikita in in a lineup to get on the ice for a game. But at the same time, I'm scared to death for him when that happens because of the train wreck that it's going to be. Because here's the situation that you've created. One of three, one or all of three things will happen. A, the player is going to be so concerned about, okay, I have finally made a game. I need to make a big impact that they're going to try to do too much and mistakes are going to be made, and he'll be punished for that. Or two, they'll be so nervous about making mistakes that they'll be overthinking everything and will make inevitable mistakes or not do enough and, again, not have a big impact, and they'll get punished for that. And three, opposing teams are going to know target this player because he hasn't been playing. All three of those things, whether they're individual or or put together, are equal disaster for the first time that Nikia Sherback gets to play a game, and then everyone will get to say, "Oh, we'll see. He's not that good." See what happened? Well, it's it's absolutely frustrating. It is. It is. It's it's the worst fear that we had for Nikia Sherback in making the roster this year, and it's exactly what's coming true. And and Chantal McAbee, to her credit, followed up with a question. Um, that we're going to let you hear uh, here in a moment, and asked him, "Well, what have what has the team told you that, that you need to improve? You know, have they told you what you need to work on to get into the lineup? And here's what Nikita had to say, uh, quite quite interestingly, in response to that question. Did the, the coaching staff, do they talk to you or the management? They... talked to me for a couple
1: of minutes once, and you know, talked to me, had a conversation, but that was basically it.
0: Have to say, Rick, he was pretty frank and to the point where he says, Oh, he had a conversation one time for a few minutes with Claude Julian, and that's about it. So, plain over the and course simple. of a month, yeah,
1: yeah, plain and simple, that is irresponsible coaching, irresponsible. Um, that you have a, a player that, um, with each player, you need to, um, push them find ways of including them find ways of maximizing that's what a coach is for Uh, but to to uh, make him feel like he's abandoned to make him feel like he's not part of the team to make him wonder what he has to do to get in the lineup to not communicate your plans to him to not communicate with him what he has to improve on Uh, it's just irresponsible coaching
0: and it's you know at, at what point is it going to change Now, and and, and I,
1: understand, I I see all kinds of things in the mainstream media and, and on Twitter that try to um, you know rewrite history here uh, and talk about how oh he had a dreadful preseason he didn't uh, that tried to to talk about how he's lazy um, we've seen how hard he worked practice we've seen when he was injured and 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 wanting to come back and how hard he 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 pushed himself um people talk about him being slow it's nonsense absolute nonsense we saw in the preseason uh one of the goals that he got um was uh he he took a pass in in the crease from um, matthew pekka that uh, Peck has talked about as in, in godlike terms, as far as his speed, Nikita had to beat him there, had to beat him to, to the crease in order to be there to receive the puck. Um, he's, he's a, he's a very good skater, an odd uh, skating style, which, which causes people to get that impression of him. Um, he's skilled. He's, he's dynamic. um it's 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 just a, an absolute shame and, and and I understand that that some of these media agencies are more rather than pointing to advocacy and they want to protect players like Charles Houdon and, and nothing against Charles but he doesn't have what uh Scherbach has or they want to protect DeLaurier's position in the lineup and he's been a dud since he's can't come back um or or protect uh Pekka or whoever. Um, it's sad. It's it's really sad because um, in that way they fail to appreciate the player that that Sherback uh, is and 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 could be for the Montreal Canadiens.
0: I just hope something turns around for Mr. Sherback before uh, you know they do any more damage to his confidence, and and you don't want to see this be detrimental to his career in in general and overall. So. Uh, really frustrating uh, point in time for Nikita Sherback uh, this season. Um, the Canadians do play tonight and, and it, I don't believe that he'll be in the lineup tonight either. So um, we, I guess continue the waiting game right along with, with Sherback to see when he's going to actually be handed the honor of, of making a lineup and playing in a regular season game this year. We are going to take a quick break on that note, Uh, give you just a couple of messages uh, in our commercial break. And then on the other side of that, we're going to talk about the player of the week. And, oh, yes, we have some winners and losers coming, and they are uh, some good ones. You don't want to miss them. So stay right there. We will be right back in just a moment. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. For all the latest news, Follow along on Twitter, at the AHL Report, for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. Rick, let me ask you, if you were a hockey player and you'd uh, been a pro player for a few years now, and you hadn't yet had a game that you played in the ahl where you recorded at least three points in a game you'd be pretty happy if if you hit that three point mark in in a single night right
1: of course and you're asking you know a goalie so a three-point night would be
0: terrific (laughs) (laughs) that's true (laughs) touche Well, Connor Garland did just that this week, earning him the title of the CCM AHL Player of the Week. Uh, he is a forward for the Tucson Roadrunners and uh, drafted in 2015, um, Has had never previously recorded three points in a single AHL game. But on Friday evening, he did just that, picking up a goal and two assists just in the opening period against the Ontario Reign and ended up finishing the evening with two goals and three assists for a five-point night, tying a franchise record for points in a game. And then on Saturday, got two more assists. So, wow, yeah, seven points in two games for back-to-back road wins for the Roadrunners. That's uh, that's a pretty impressive weekend.
1: Very nice.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So congratulations to Connor Garland. He is the CCM AHL player of the week and uh rightfully so. That's that's quite an accomplishment for that young man. So now he's got you know before it was, oh, well I haven't scored 3 points in a single game. Well, now he's now he's got a much higher bar to to try to beat this time. <laughs> this next time around. Let's move on, though, to some winners and some losers of the week. And I think we've got some good ones coming this week, Rick. I really do. Um, mm-hmm. little birdie tells me that we've got some good things on tap. And, you know, we always start with the good news. We always start with the winners. But let's, let's shake things up. You know, it is mischief night. So let's, let's <laughs> right. shake things up a little bit and start with the losers of the week. Who made your list? Well, uh, um.
1: It's not by design, but it seems that that the last couple of weeks I've picked teams uh, essentially as mm-hmm. as my losers. and, and I'm going to pick a, a a team or an organization again uh as my loser of the week. And my loser um goes to the San Antonio Rampage. Um and and I know you know there's there's um particularly in in the AHL or the ECHL, there are theme nights. Um, uh, there's there's sometimes a third jersey, but there's something about there's something about putting on a jersey. We hear that with you know there's, there's a certain pride in putting on a jersey, and having that yes. Canadian's crest or Flyers crest or whatever it is. Um, but some of the jersey choices are getting silly, and and we've gone through. Uh, in previous, uh, se- previous uh, uh, podcast episodes about the worst uh, jerseys. And it usually comes out of some silly night that they're having. Um, like Spongebob
0: Squarepants night or something like that. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, this, this was um, for on October 26th for the San Antonio Rampage. Uh, they not only changed their jersey, they not only changed their team name. But they changed their team identity, or so said the the press release, that on um, October 26th, they changed their team identity um, to the, uh, and I don't know, I, I'm not going to try this, Los Chamilos de San Antonio, San Antonio uh, for their game against the Barracuda. Uh, you, you have some Spanish there. Um, so am I... Yeah. I anywhere yes, I do.
0: It was Los Chimuelos.
1: Chimuelos, all right.
0: Los Chimuelos.
1: And Chimuelos I'm I'm led to believe is a nickname for a, a toothless man in Spanish and and so that is supposed to be some sort of uh nod to hockey players. But if you look up the if you look up the jerseys. Oh my goodness. Um they're 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 silly they're really silly um and and players have to wear these and they still have to have some pride and they can't you know uh, there's trash talking on the 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 ice and i assume that that some of the some of that uh that wearing a, a different outfit has to creep in there somewhere um i mean that they, they did the whole they changed the whole arena they changed they had tacos and quesadillas and everything in the in the arena um so i i understand i guess but but are are teams losing their focus the the san, if that was if that was the sum total of it but uh, the san antonio rampage have the worst winning percentage in the ahl mm. the worst winning percentage right now they have two wins eight losses in 10 games they're they're leading scorer is Brian Flynn, who we know, um, Hmm. former fourth liner from the Montreal Canadiens. Brian Flynn is their leading scorer with zero goals and six assists and is a minus four. Um, Okay. Yeah. So are they losing focus? I I just, yeah, I I understand there's the marketing aspect and, and making it entertaining, but you know what? Uh, As somebody said to me, uh, when we talked about this very subject on the uh, uh, Canadians Connection um, podcast, uh, Daniel Lemieux, I'm looking at his tweet right now, he says the ultimate winning, the ultimate entertainment is winning the Stanley Cup. So apply it to the AHL. The ultimate entertainment is winning the Calder Cup. And and, uh, all of these little marketing things uh, just seem to creep in too much and affect the product on ice, in
0: my opinion. Sure. And I, you know, to their credit, I understand if, you know, if they have, if they're looking to, to honor diversity in their community, diversity on their team, I I certainly understand the desire to do that, but to go, to go that, um, to go that far with it, um, you know, with the having um, certain types of dancing groups there that evening, and as you say, serving tacos and quesadillas and, um the the goalie masks were specially painted to look like uh dia de los muertos uh the, the skull masks and and things like that so i mean they they went full tilt top to bottom with with the whole thing and especially even changing i have a little issue with changing the name of the team even just for a day because the team is your that's your that is your identity is, yeah. is your team name um so yeah i'm a little a little mixed on it. There are things that I, that I understand and I appreciate, and certainly things about the, the, um, the culture and the the Mexican holiday that they were, um, honoring that I, that I very much appreciate. Um, I just don't, as I, I understand what you're saying as well, that, you know, the focus needs to be on winning hockey games. And especially when this team isn't doing that, um, do, do more resources need to be diverted away from marketing and more towards, um, Hockey operations, perhaps.
1: <laughs> Just the whole distraction aspect of it.
0: Yeah. Well, my loser of the week is actually also going to a team. Uh and and I'm going to um fudge things a little bit. This isn't an AHL team. It's an NHL team. And my loser this week is the Detroit Red Wings. Actually, hmm. I should say they get an honorary mention for being winner of the week. Just, just because Jacob Delarose Rose plays for them now. I should say that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, uh, but in general, they are my loser of the week. You know, everybody loves for the Canadians. It's, uh, they, they look forward to getting free fries. And if you go to a Lehigh Valley Phantoms game, if the Phantoms score three goals, you get a free slice of pizza at big Woody's pizza. Um, you know, every, every team has a, a – lo- most teams have a, a local restaurant vendor that they work out some sort of special promotion um, that most of the time in most games ends up, you know, with spectators being able to take their ticket for a, a free something or a discounted something, those kinds of things. And Arby's has had a partnership, uh, you know, as they, they have the meats, and Arby's has had a partnership – with the Detroit Red Wings for a number of years to give away curly fries. Oh, if you've never had Arby's Arby's Curly Fries, you're seriously missing out. Arby's had a promotion to give away curly fries for every time a Red Wings player would score a hat trick, which for an original six team that at, at one point had some pretty good firepower on it didn't happen all the time, but happened fairly frequently. However, however, Detroit has been suffering and struggling so much lately that an RV spokesman said that the chain realized that hat tricks are pretty rare and Detroit <laughs> hasn't had a hat trick since December of 2016. Oh, No. No. So if you're trying to promote your restaurant by giving away, giving away things, but the team isn't cooperating by not scoring a hat trick in almost two years, Arby said, okay, 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 fine. We're going to change it to anytime Detroit, Detroit schools scores three goals as a team in a game. We'll give away curly fries. Uh, They've played nine games so far this season. And only three of those games have had, three goals scored by the Detroit Red Wings. So <laughs> so far that promotion's not working out all that greatly either. Um maybe now that De La Rose is there, maybe he'll be the key to uh fans in the Detroit area getting the munch down on some curly fries very soon. So we can only hope. So my loser of the week, unfortunately, Detroit Red Wings so bad that Arby's had to change their promo- their giveaway promotion. That's right. It's sad. Very sad. sad. Very, very sad.
1: I haven't had Arby's in a long time. Might need to get some. I have enough trouble getting Wendy's in Montreal. Never mind Arby's.
0: Hmm. Wendy's is pretty good too. Now mm-hmm. I'm hungry. Why do we talk about food and not have <laughs> snacks on this show? This this something needs to be something needs to change about that. Um, okay, so we've dealt out the bad news. Let's celebrate with some good news now who is your winner this week
1: my winner of the week um i go off the ice and behind the bench um Mm. to the manitoba moose and my winner of the week is pascal vincent really Um, yep um he from laval actually now that i think of it Hmm. um so there's a connection there uh Pascal um uh, Vincent was uh last year the AHL coach of the year um and i mean he's i think that the Winnipeg Jets do this this thing right this this drafting well developing well transitioning um uh their prospects well uh so that's why i wanted to and, and in 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 a week where we had talked about um uh uh, Nikita Sherback and the Montreal Canadiens, I just wanted to make mention of of how they, they do things a little bit differently. And, um, you know, uh, Pascal's got a, a tremendous resume. He was um, um, in the queue for, well, uh, with the, the Cape Breton Screaming Eagles for, as head coach. And eventually he became the, the GM as well. He's there for nine years. Um, he was assistant um, coach for the team, team Canada, the under 18s, won gold there. Uh, then he went to the Montreal Juniors, where I, I got to see him behind the bench a, a little bit. Uh, three years there as, as head coach and GM. Um, uh, it, while he was in the queue, he was uh, head coach, uh, coach of the year um, in 2008. Uh, he was GM of the year in 2007. Um, wow. And then and he, with all that experience, he got uh, brought to the NHL level with the Jets. Um, and uh, they put him as uh, an assistant coach and he was there for five years, mostly uh, responsible for the forwards and the offensive uh, side of the game, responsible for the power play and kind of, um, you know, learn to be a pro coach. And then maybe, um, you know, some would see it as a, uh, Demotion. I, I don't think I don't think uh, Pascal Vincent did, but the Jets asked him with all his experience now, um, it, with with uh, junior hockey and 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 the pro experience, five years dealing with the pro players. They asked him asked him to be their head coach of their AHL affiliate, uh, the Manitoba Moose. Hmm. So this year he's entering his his third year as as head coach. Uh, as I said last year, he won uh, Coach of the Year, and and uh, I mean the the reasons for winning are obvi- obvious. They were uh, relatively successful uh, in the regular season. Uh, they were very successful. The Manitoba Moose were, um, but it's it's more you watch the the um, the graduation of of the prospects that have gone through the the Moose system, and and um, you see Kyle Connor. Uh, making a big impact uh, with the Jets. Jack Roslovic this season, uh, Brendan Lemieux, um, uh, the, 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 uh, we talked about the Jets are high on him, and, and so they uh, exposed Mark O'Donnell to, to uh, waivers and lost him uh, to keep Brendan Lemieux. Um, in the AHL last year, we saw um, Mason Appleton. Um, he won Best Rookie. Um, Sammy Niku was the AHL's best defenseman um, for the Moose. Um, and, and this year Mason Appleton um, is the, the Moose's uh, top score uh, four goals and four assists so far um, in eight games. They've uh, Tucker Pullman's got a, got a call up um, this year. They have Christian Veselainen who came over um, and was demoted from the Jets to, um, um, learn the, the, uh, North American game. But, um, Scott Wheeler, our friend, Scott Wheeler, um, um, from the athletic, uh, caught up with, with, uh, Pascal Vincent, um, recently. And, um, uh, I, I just found these quotes from, from him rather, rather, I don't know, interesting. Um, So when they asked him to uh, take over um, at the AHL level, the Jets, that is, Jets management, uh, they Mm -hmm. said to him, and this is a quote from uh, Pascal Vincent, Vincent, you've been coaching to win your whole life. You've been coaching to win your whole life. We still want that. We still want you to win hockey games, but not at all costs. We're here to develop my hmm. emphasis first and foremost. You need to understand that. Um, that's that's we've talked about that so much that there's a difference, a difference for A. L. coaches, and they need to 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 um, really get that. So yeah. they they went on. The quote goes on. We know the passion. We know how well it works. They're talking about uh, Pascal's passion. Um, but you'll need to reset your mindset to develop and to develop to a point where a team's going to win. So that's what we do, Vincent said. Um, wow, that's powerful. That's really powerful. Yeah, and,
0: and look at the success
1: that they've had. Exactly. And it's something we've been hammering away at. And um, just by comparison, LaVelle's been saying some different things. Mm-hmm. Um so uh, Vincent goes on to say every year we reset and we, we develop players the best we can and try to find what they're good at and how we can push them individually. There you go.
0: Instead of trying right to put up. them... In,
1: yeah. To back. And we believe by doing that collectively, your effort, his effort, my effort, everybody's effort, if we push the right buttons and we develop our guys the proper way, eventually we're going to win. That's that's just fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. Um, And it's working and it's it's obviously working um, in in taking a different mindset than winning at all costs. Uh, And um, for that reason, for those reasons, uh, Pascal Vincent gets my uh, winner of the week.
0: Excellent. Really nicely done. As we promised, solid group of winners and losers this week. Uh, Let us know. Hit us up on Twitter if you agree or disagree or have your own winner or loser for the week. You can find us at the AHL Report on Twitter. So drop us a line and let us know what you think of the winners and losers this week. And in the meantime, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. Uh, Take a quick breath. Grab a quick drink of water and on the other side of the break we're going to be back remember grab your beverage grab your popcorn because where are they now is coming at you right on the other side of this break so don't go anywhere from the press box is proud to be a partner of rocket sports media digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites in addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans The team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at Rocketsportsmedia.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. All right. This is our One of our most popular segments last year, Uh, if you are new to the podcast this season, you are in for a treat. Uh, We have one of the the best researchers slash storytellers uh, available in podcast land in the hockey world right here on from the press box. And that is Mr. Rick Stevens. And uh, Rick does a great job in bringing us this segment called, where are they now? Where we, where we learn about perhaps uh, either a former player that we've covered, former coach, former staff member that, uh, that fans are familiar with uh, and kind of catches us up on what they're doing these days. If they're playing somewhere else, if they're working somewhere else, if they have a new business venture, uh, it's always something really interesting uh, and unique that you won't find anywhere else. And Rick, I understand that Where Are They Now? is back for its 2018-19 season debut.
1: Indeed it is.
0: And Where Are They Now? usually
1: um, originates with something that I'm just curious about. Um,
0: Naturally. Or or
1: or that that a listener is curious about because we've had um, suggestions for where where are they now, um, uh, and 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 uh, listeners are welcome to uh, to send those in as well. Um, but this one um, on on Sunday um, we talked about uh, a late afternoon game between Hershey and the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. And the game, as as we reported, Hershey was was victorious. Um, and after the the uh, post game scrums with the players and, and the coach, and uh, made our way back up to the press box. Um, and on the ice, there was a an autograph session going on. Um, that uh, vi- all members of the Hershey Bears um, had. There was chairs, there were signs, and they were. Uh, the chairs were placed around the perimeter of the ice and the fans were allowed out on the ice, um, ice surface, and they would line up in front of each player in front of each chair, uh, f- and get an autograph. Great, great, uh, uh engaging kind of promotional effort uh, yeah. by the Hershey bears staff. So, um, you know, some of the players um, are, are, are more fan favorites than the others, and, and for those, there were very long lines that kind of snaked around the, the ice surface and around the arena. Um, and, and each lineup, uh, each, each player had a, a healthy lineup, um, but for one. Just one. one lineup. One line was very short. There was probably four people in the line waiting for autographs. And I was
0: just curious.
1: I was, I mentioned you, it at the time. You did.
0: You said, who is that poor young man that has nobody is that in guy? his line?
1: <laughs> um, so, so in order to, and, and, you yeah, know, we'll look down the, the lineup sheet and found out who it was number 15 for the Hershey bears. Um, but still I was curious why. So that led me to, um, answer this question. Um, how did Dustin Bufflin become a Winnipeg Jet? Okay. So we're going to do some scene setting here. Oh boy, here we go. So back in uh, June of 2010, now this will be of interest to, to Phantoms and Flyers fans as well. Um, in, actually, it was June 9th, uh, my brother's birthday, uh, 2010, in the Wachovia Center. Oh, yes. The Wachovia Center, the predecessor of the Wells Fargo Center. Different well, name. Same building, <laughs> just a different name. That's right. On June 9th in 2010, the Chicago Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup on Flyers Ice.
0: You realize this is not a good way to start this story. <laughs>
1: it was it was um it was it went into overtime and the reason it went into overtime was that Scott Hartnell uh, uh, not a favorite of mine but, but a, a a Flyers fan favorite Scotty Hartnell mm-hmm. uh, Hartnell uh scored his second goal of the game with 4 minutes uh left uh, to tie it up Scotty Hartnell uh, Hartnell why can not i say that Scotty Hartnell played on the line with Danny Briere and mm-hmm. Billy Renell mm-hmm. yes he did got his second goal of the game and, and in doing so beat Blackhawks goaltender Antti Niemi, who is currently on Montreal Canadiens <laughs> <laughs> as a backup. And that series, I think, featured the two worst goaltenders of all time. I, I mean, in, uh, as far as, as statistics for, for, the, for a Stanley Cup final, Uh, Mm Anthony Yemi finished that series with an 8.82 uh, uh, save percentage. He he didn't play particularly well. He was fortunate that the Blackhawks had some firepower. And he was also fortunate that in the Flyers' goal was Michael Layton with a... uh, God help us all. Yeah, 8.76 uh, uh, save percentage. Mm
0: -hmm. And just so
1: we're talking about all kinds of familiar names backing up anti Niemi was christabel huet um, who, who the canadians got rid of to make room for uh, carry price uh, all right so we're way off we're way off in the weeds now we're way uh, i'm off just go-
0: since we're in the weeds i'm just going to make a little side note here and interject to say that the reason that the flyers were in the stanley cup final in this uh-huh. particular year was because they handily whooped the Montreal Canadians in the conference finals to reach the Stanley cup final. So Indeed as long as did. we're rubbing salt in wounds, we're just going to make sure. And
1: people who, who like to think, um... Uh, in goal, glowing terms about the 2010 cup run, um, Yaroslav, <laughs> Yaroslav Halak was awful in, in that conference uh, series with Philadelphia.
0: Yes, he was um, anyway,
1: <laughs> but Hartnell scored to tie it up uh, four minutes into overtime. Patrick Kane scored on Michael Layton. Um, th- th- f- because it's Philadelphia, the goal judge didn't put the light on, and there was a, a momentary bit of controversy. Um, but anyways, it was Chicago's first Stanley Cup in 49 years. They Good for them. Scoring in that game on the power play uh, for the Chicago Blackhawks was Dustin Bufflin. And what was a little unique about that is Dustin Bufflin was playing forward. Um because, before he got converted, he was, he, was a, he, was, he was a power forward. And he was giving yeah. Chris Pronger all kinds of fits. Um, the mm-hmm. two big fellows. So, June 9th, 2010, the Chicago Blackhawks raise the Stanley Cup. Stan Bowman, at 36 years of age, becomes the youngest GM to win a Stanley Cup. Two weeks later, just two weeks to celebrate... And Stan Bowman busts up the team because he knows he's going to have salary problems the next year. So in a giant uh, uh, salary dump, um, he makes a blockbuster trade, Stan Bowman with Rick Dudley, another name that you're very familiar with, Rick Dudley, who is the GM of the Atlanta Thrashers, formerly... Uh, who would turn into the Winnipeg Jets. Mm-hmm. So Bowman sent um, Brent Sopel, Ben Eager, Akimalu, and Dustin Bufflin to the Atlanta Thrashers. Bufflin then becomes a Winnipeg Jet. And he sent them to Atlanta for their first-round pick, their second-round pick, Marty Reisner. You remember Marty Reisner? No. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Joey Crabb? <laughs> no, you don't. No. <laughs> and a prospect and a prospect Jeremy Moran now besides the draft picks for Chicago Jeremy Moran was the key pe- uh, Jeremy Moran was the key piece he was drafted by the thrashers um, 45th overall second round 2009 okay. and he had he had come from the US development program And following the draft, he played in the OHL, just one season in the OHL, for the Kitchener Rangers. Okay. And he had a monster season, an absolute monster season. Uh, 58 games, he had 83 points, 47 goals, 36 assists. Then he went into the playoffs, 21 points in 20 games. Played uh, World Juniors with Team USA, won gold with them. Just, this was... This was a, a star prospect uh, for the Chicago Blackhawks. So that trade that that sent him, um, or that that uh, tr- yeah, the trade that sent him to uh, Chicago, um, he then was in part of their system, and he spent five years with uh, in the AHL with the Rockford hi- Ice Hogs. Mm-hmm. Um, good shot, uh, very productive offensively. Uh, was kind of projected as a 20-goal scorer in the NHL. Uh, Big offensive numbers, but for whatever reason, well, the reason was that that, that the Blackhawks at that time were pretty stacked as far as forwards went. Uh, So he had trouble uh, uh, cracking the the, the NHL lineup, and he, he got just 15 points in 51 games over that span of five years. So on December of 2014, uh, Jeremy Moran was traded uh, to Columbus for Tim Erickson, and and he struggled with injuries the the rest of the season. So um, on June 15th, 2015, the Chicago Blackhawks, again, won the Stanley Cup. Actually, it was their third cup in six years. Two weeks later, are you seeing a pattern here? Two weeks later, Stan Bowman was salary cap problems, re-signing problems. It was an enormous trade, big surprise, traded uh, pending restricted free agent Brandon Saad to Columbus. In return, our team, Anisimov, Mark O'Dano, who we've talked about, um Corey Trope a fourth rounder and he reacquired Jeremy Moran. Jeremy Moran back with the Chicago organization. Okay. But unfortunately, Jeremy Moran would not play another game. NHL game. Um, he 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 played in Rockford um, at least started in Rockford uh, for the 2015-16 season, played 28 games. Uh, then Stan Bowman traded him again, uh, this time to the Leafs uh, in January for Richard Panik. Uh He played 13 games for the, the Marley, that is Moran. And then at the trade deadline in 2016, Moran was sent to San Jose in a big four-player trade. Uh, and he went on to play 18 games with again in the AHL with the Barracuda. In 2016-17, he split the season uh, signing as a free agent with um, with Syracuse and with Tucson. Uh, again in the AHL, and in 2017-2018, he played <laughs> he played all over the place. Played in the KHL, he played in the ECHL, he played in the Finnish Elite League, he played for a few teams in the Swiss League. Wow. Uh huh. And this fall, at 27 years of age, he signed a PTO with the Hershey Bears. Uh oh. huh. Which brings him to 17 teams in 11 leagues. My goodness. 27 years of age and Jeremy Moran uh, played three games with the Hershey Bears uh, under his PTO and he was the gentleman number 15 sitting in a rather lonely line with four (laughs) fans waiting to, to get his autograph and this afternoon the Hershey Bears released Jeremy Moran from his PTO Oh no! Yes, so it, it ends. It ends rather sadly, and we don't have a. That's we're a have horrible to do an update,
0: ending but, to this story.
1: We're going to have to do an update. Where, where did, where in the world is uh, Jerry Moran, uh, Jeremy Moran end up uh, now? Oh, this, but oh as boy. of as of a couple of hours ago, he was released from his PTO from Hershey.
0: Oh no! Okay, someone out there give Jeremy Moran a job please put him, sign him on a PTO somewhere please and kudos stick tap to the four people that were in his autograph line for sure <laughs> <laughs> my so goodness so 17 teams uh
1: will probably grow to at least 18 uh for at least. the 2018-19 season
0: my goodness well best of luck to Jeremy Moran that what a you know so much focus gets put on NHL players, but stories like that are the reason why here at the AHL report, um, we advocate and focus so much on AHL players, ECHL players and prospects and those even playing in international leagues, because the guys who make a living playing hockey at anything other than the, other than the NHL level, sacrifice everything and just keep, Pushing themselves and persisting, even even when nothing's going their way, um, they work their butts off. They sacrifice a lot, physically, financially, um, in their personal life, um, all just to try to lace up the skates for one more day. Um, so, kudos to uh, to this young man for for persisting. Uh, you know, and and hopefully he lands on his feet on the ice somewhere very soon. I should also make a quick mention uh, before we wrap things up today uh, that I was so excited a about uh, Rick's winner of the week, and I was then so excited to get to where are they now that I completely forgot my winner of the week in our last. Oh segment. no! I know.
1: And I didn't remind you.
0: That's okay, I remembered. Because it's an important and 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 normally I'd say well okay maybe we'll just skip it but it's an important one and I it's it's a it's I just want to give a quick nod to the Utica Comets. Uh, it was announced this week in conjunction with the Chapter 490 Military Order of the Purple Heart, which, as anyone knows, uh, the Purple Heart is in a very very ex- uh, distinguished uh, medal to receive. That the Utica Comets will be honored as the first Purple Heart Hockey Club. Wow. Uh, this this honor makes the Comets just the eighth professional sports team in the United States, just the eighth pro sports team in the United States to be awarded this honor. And it is the first hockey club to ever get this honor of those eight professional sports teams. Um, they will be planning uh an official proclamation ceremony on their annual military night, which is coming up uh, in about a week and a half on Friday November ninth um, and they it's basically the Utica comets um, have in conjunction with with their home building the Adirondack Bank Center and Save of the day foundation they they honor veterans and military Extensively, year after year after year, Um, and and a lot of hockey clubs do, but Utica does does go above and beyond Um, with numerous military appreciation nights. They raise money for uh, a local veterans outreach center, a veterans legal clinic. Um, They do hometown hero at every single home game. Um, They do a meet and greet um, for the the veteran. For the hometown hero with Comet's defenseman, Jamie Cyphers, after, after every game. Um, so the the Chapter 490 Military Order of the Purple Heart has recognized the efforts that the Utica Comets are doing to support veterans and honor the military um, and have uh, honored them now with this very distinguished uh, title of being the very first hockey club to be awarded, a to be named a Purple Heart Hockey Club.
1: That's fabulous. Congratulations.
0: So they are my winner of the week and we could we would be remiss if we had forgotten to mention them. Uh and that actually is going to wrap things up for us this week. Uh, Rick, that was an excellent Where Are They Now? We uh, certainly hope if there's someone that you would like to do some research on uh, and find out where they are now, feel free to drop us a line and give him some suggestions. It's a very popular segment here on From the Press Box. Uh, As far as things coming ahead this week, um, the Laval Rocket does have three games this week. Uh, They are all at home. They host The Belleville Senators tomorrow night, Wednesday night, um, before the Utica Comets come in for a back-to-back on uh, Friday and Saturday. Uh, Our very own Chris G. will be on hand for uh, both of the Utica Comets games, so be sure to Follow along uh, with his game updates and follow along at the AHL report for our uh, game reports and game summaries. Uh, And on the Lehigh Valley Phantom side of things, they uh, do not have a game until Friday. Uh, They have a back-to-back home-and-home at Binghamton and then at home against Binghamton Friday and Saturday. So after having just beat them five to two on Friday night, they know what to expect from the Binghamton senators and will be looking to get some wins back under their belt. Rick, happy Halloween to you. Try to behave yourself on your gate night, mischief night, cabbage night, whatever you're calling it today. (laughs)
1: Halloween to you and be sure not to eat too much uh, carnauba wax in your candy corn.
0: Yeah. And I don't plan on it. Not at all. Thanks so much for joining us. You all have a very safe and happy Halloween as well. Send us uh, your pictures of your great Halloween costumes. We want to see those on social media as well. We'll be happy to share them. Be sure to hit us up at the AHL report on Twitter. You can find Rick at all Habs and you can find me at flyers rule. You can find both of us right back here again next week, next Tuesday for another great episode of from the press box here on the AHL report From the entire Rocket Sports Media team, thanks so much for listening. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Tuesday. And keep on wishing. Remember, your
1: dream is your only scheme. So keep on pushing.